everybody and welcome to a special edition of the latest PS5. Now this week I've been really excited about because you all know I love this machine and who better to talk about it with than Mr. PS Vita himself. Sandeep, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks. Thanks guys for having me on today. Oh mate, I've been excited, you know what I mean? Finally someone to combat Alex and his like switch talk oh, all the time. Yeah, we're here, we're here. Come on, come <laughs> but on, we've got it. Alex with us as well. Alex, how you doing? You all right? I'm doing all right. I'm curious to see what this gentleman's got to offer us. You know, obviously oh, coming from the Nintendo camp, the kings of handheld. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see. Here what we go, say. here we go. As we know, as <laughs> listeners know, um Asim is not here this week. He's uh, in New York City living it up New York. Shake Shacks every day. So Mm -hmm. uh we wish him a good time while he's there but i mean sandy we know you've done amazing work and projects with the ps vita you've got a a book out you've got a second one coming as well which we're going to get into later on but i think what what a lot of listeners want to know really is um how first off how did you get yourself into gaming what was it what, what was your introduction into video games when you were younger you know what was the game that hooked you or the console that had you we always want people to have the substance to the people on the show so what got you into video games so actually it was um it was i, I remember it pretty well one of those early memories from when i was a kid uh when i was three my dad bought a bbc micro so oh, wow. this is uh back in like 1980 um yeah. probably i realized later that he was probably bought one of the like first BBC micros because it was really early on from when it was launched. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he brought it, he got it, he brought it home. And, you know, we had those basic games like Asteroid, Centipede, you know, and I just loved gaming from that point. Mm-hmm. And just ever since then, always had kind of, well, you know, obviously when I was younger, I didn't have much money. So we'd always be buying a secondhand console. But eventually just, you know, I was buying the latest consoles, able to buy things new. But I've always been a gamer since the age of three, basically. So when you look at your infancy and your games that really stood out and mean something to you, what are those games in your life that, you know, have meaning to you? I think one of the earliest ones is probably Castlevania. So that was the first game where I saved up my pocket money and bought it myself. So I remember I only had a pound a week pocket money from my dad. Saved it up for 20 weeks. Got uh, bought Castlevania. Went to I met so uh, you uh, non UK uh listeners may not know it but a shop called macro which is uh this big huge shop that used to be in in uh in england that would be kind of like a weekend we'll go to macro to look at stuff and i always looked at games and like didn't didn't couldn't buy anything but then this time i had my money and so uh it was a choice between castlevania and Mega Man, and it was just based on the cover i didn't ha- there were no there's no internet back then uh i didn't have any magazines to go on for reviews i was only like 10 years old so um i went with castlevania and loved it i remember playing it that summer kind of on summer holidays and like managing to finish it to finish the game after like weeks of playing it mm-hmm. but that game really sticks in my mind it's so funny two things a konami seems to get <laughs> mentioned every show that we do something about konami gets mentioned on and two i've got fellow podcaster up in the states uh, you just mentioned two of his favorite ips of all time you know what i mean so he'll be happy <laughs> yeah. to hear that one but um i mean alex you heard it there, Castlevania, you know, a game yeah. that's close to you as well in the past. It is, you know. it is. I mean, I played Castlevania, I guess, on the Game Boy, you know, that's the first time nice. I actually knew like Castlevania. And that game was solid. You yeah. know, the whole format, obviously, that that birthed the whole Metroidvania style of gameplay, right? So, um, but yeah, I had fond memories of that. That's a mm-hmm. brilliant game. Yeah. And I'm also loving the, uh, the Netflix show as well. That's that's awesome. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, yeah. Absolutely really stunning. Good. Really good, yeah. So, Sandy, uh, what about PlayStation? What was your first PlayStation? Was it the original PS1 or was it a later console? So I 
so I, but the first PlayStation console I bought was a PS2. Um, but I was playing the PS1 when I was at university. Uh, one of the guys I was living with had a PS1. Mm-hmm. And so he just kind of left it at the living room TV. And that was perfect. So, you know, university, I didn't have any money to buy any games or anything, but um, they had uh, a deal on every Wednesday, I remember, at the kind of local local video shop. So you could rent a game for, for one day for, for something like 50p uh, if you were a student. And so it was like every Wednesday I would rent a game. And I remember I remember one, one Wednesday I went there like 10 a.m. It opened. I got Street Fighter Alpha 3. I was just oh, playing geez. it, playing it. And then like the next thing I realized, my mates that came back from uni, like the end of the day, and it's like, whoa, I've been here for like seven, eight hours <laughs> just, just playing this game. But, wow. uh, that was that was the PS1 was the first um, PlayStation console I played, but PS2 was when I was finally earning money. That's when I got a PS2. Nice. Nice, yeah. Three alpha. Yeah, man. That's an yeah. addictive game. It yeah. is, it is, yeah. <laughs> it could definitely steal your life away. But anyway. <laughs> at the end of that one. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, well, we're here to talk, obviously, the PlayStation Vita specifically, um, you know, one of the greatest and most underappreciated handhelds of its time. You know what I mean? Um, so I think the best place to start with this machine is um, where were you when you heard about uh, NGP? You know what I mean? NGP, which was the code name for the PlayStation Vita, the next gen portable. So what kind of tell us a story? of the announcement or the excitement what was it about this machine specifically obviously that got you really really excited for it sure so i have always been well ever since i started working i was uh one of my first jobs was had a lot of travel in it and so i found actually the psp came out just as i kind of got this job and i was traveling all over the world and the psp was with me with me the whole time and so i just loved that device you know just always with me and it was it was revolutionary, the PSP. You know, this is 2004, 2005. And, you know, you had this device which can play awesome games, but also could play video, music, uh, photos, and, you know, read comics. It was just, it was revolutionary for its time mm-hmm. before smartphones kind of were, were around and became, became uh, uh, ubiquitous. And then, so the Vita was something I knew I just had to have as soon as I saw the announcement. Uh, I mean, even when there were rumors that there was going to be a, you know, a follow-up to the PSP, I knew I was going to get it. I just had to have it. Uh, and so you asked about when I heard about the announcement. So I was actually in the States for work, for work and it was, you know, I had jet lag because of the time difference. And so I remember um, being awake at something like 4 a.m. or something and... <laughs> the announcement was coming and I thought, okay, I'm awake. May as well just get up and, uh, and watch it. So I stay, you know, so got up eating leftover food from the night before, just like watching, uh, watching the NGP reveal. And mm. I knew I had to have it, you know, it was just from straight away when I, they, it never came obviously to the Vita, but seeing Metal Gear Solid 4 running on it, the idea of the Call of Duty, and obviously there was a lot of promise in that, and mm-hmm. you know, not all of it was uh, realized, but it was really exciting to kind of hear about that device and, and to think of what a follow-up to the uh, to the PSP would be. Mm, definitely. I mean, same boat. I remember, I love that PSP. I mean, I think, hope oh, no one from Sony's listening, but they don't care. Me and Alex just homebrewed and cracked that machine open <laughs> like crazy, yeah. you know. It, it played everything yeah. on PSP, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I, I love that machine. I think my favorite memories of the PSP was playing. I mean, you, this device, as you mentioned, that early ad hoc GTA Liberty yeah. stories with other people with PSPs was, was yeah. ridiculous, you know. It and, was. 
it was just yeah i mean the one thing we always spoke about that the two big criticisms towards the end of psp it needed a second stick and it needed yeah. more power you know yeah. and Definitely. everything that the ngp was announcing and they were talking and the, the tech and the specs that were being leaked we were like oh my god this is this is going to be amazing this is going to be great and then obviously it came and we were just like, oh my God, it's, it's great. Look at all the games that they're showing and things like that. Um, I mean, Alex, yourself, you had a PSP. I mean, you've had everything, right? Every every handheld known to man. I mean, when yeah, only, the P- only the best ones, only the best ones. Yeah, so, so when the, the, uh, yes. so when <laughs> the Vita was announced, I remember you seeing yeah. the specs and you were like, oh, wow, this is, this is crazy, you know, because the power was going to be ridiculous, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, it was. This was revolutionary when it came to uh, what was capable from a handheld, and it was a device that everybody wanted. You mm-hmm. know, so it had it had all the right. You know, it, everything was perfect. It had a great screen. It had the power and the capabilities and the possibilities were there. You know, and it's something that Nintendo didn't really go. You know, full in. You know, they didn't go. You know, full investment with it. I mean, everything they came out with was like last year's tech or you know proprietary tech. And it's, I mean, it showed what you could do with you know old technology, but it didn't really show you what you could really do if you had all the resources and capabilities and IPs that uh, Sony was building. So, you know, I was really curious to see what they could what they could do. So um, mm. yeah, man, I was I was excited, and we've had some fun on the PS uh, the PSP as well. You know, taking advantage of the uh, the Wi-Fi, you know, the local <laughs> beatdown of uh, Tekken Dark Resurrection. Uh, we had it, some man. fun with that. Yeah, great game. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It was it was weird though because I remember I was working in the industry at the time. I was at Ubisoft, and I remember when NGP um, dev kits had come in to mm. the offices and things like that, and obviously you get all the information and the thing that intrigued me the most was the HDMI output. And I was just like, Oh my God, you're going to be able to do both. Right. And with the dev kits, you could hook it up to a monitor. You could play it with a controller as well with the right stuff. And we were taught, yep, this is going to make it. This is going to, and that was my most excited feature about it. I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe I'm going to be able to do this. (laughs) Fucking disappeared. (laughs) And my launch, we were like, Oh my God, what happened there? But I mean, um, Alex, you've got a question, obviously, uh, about the inspiration of the book, haven't you, about where we went from owning the Vita to coming up with this project? Yeah, so uh, let me just um, let me just pull up my my one thing about the uh, the DS, actually. So, well, here we go. <laughs> I, know, I just got to I got to ask you. Yeah. So, did you actually ever own a DS? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you it. Did. Um, okay. From uh, from America. Okay. So, uh, I like when it when it was announced because again because I was traveling so much and had people at work traveling as well. I got a mm-hmm. DS uh, brought over when one of the guys came over to the to UK. Yeah, so I had it really early on before anyone up for a lot of people at least. Okay, mm-hmm. okay, all right, nice. And then that's uh, so what made you switch to the dark side. Then? <laughs> um, you know, I, I I played. I think the first game I got was Mario sixty four, mm-hmm. um, and <clears throat> it was a pain to control on that thing. You know. It's you're using the touch screen to actually uh, for movement. I think it was actually for movement. You had to use the touch screen for memory. Yeah, um, yeah it was. It wasn't the most easiest. Yeah. Thing. That's the truth of it, no. And the screen was <laughs> tiny and, you know, the games were fun. You know, it had, mm. it had fun games, but it was just, it felt like a kid's machine. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, especially that first version, that big gray brick was just, uh, you know. With, it was like a prototype, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was sleek. You know, that, that yeah. actually, you know, was a good device and had so many features that really kind of uh, 
it, it the DS I did it did get played sometimes like Mario Kart and stuff, but uh, mm -hmm. yeah, the PSP was just just blew it away. It was the um, when you loaded up the, when you booted up Rin Tracer <clears throat> and the car skidded across the screen across, and it was just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. oh, look at this in Lush. your hands, you know, yeah. it was unbelievable. But yeah. I mean. Yeah. Going back to the Vita, you um, you've obviously you got the Vita because you you were traveling. You had the PSP. Yeah. It was a natural successor for yourself. Yeah. As you're playing through the years of the Vita, obviously the Vita became um, obviously like this legendary machine amongst people who owned it. You know the, mm -hmm. the the passion to that product was amazing. So where did the passion start for you to do your um your first project what was the idea what was the epiphany of you were you just playing a game and you were like do you know what i want to do a book or was it like we want to know where was the origin for vita year one which is obviously your first book isn't it about the ps vita yeah so i think uh, it probably goes back a little bit earlier um setting up my youtube channel mm -hmm. um so i i obviously like i said you know i thought the vita is awesome and um, I always remember, so I used to listen to Podcast Beyond and PlayStation, uh, you know, Greg Miller and uh, Colin Moriarty's podcasts. Um, and I remember one of the things that Greg Miller always said was, you know, if you if you want to kind of get into the industry or if you want to, you know, start reviewing games, just do it. And so I always had that kind of in my mind that, you know, it was like, oh, yeah, you know, I'd love to just start a YouTube channel or something. And so um, it was when the Vita TV or... or um, uh, PS Vita TV came out, or PlayStation mm -hmm. TV. Um, when it came out in Japan, um, I got it imported to, to UK. So again, I had one of the kind of early, early models of it, the white one, which wasn't mm -hmm. available here. And um, I did a kind of unboxing and little review video of it on my channel. Uh, and I just set up a channel for it and just did the video. And it didn't, it didn't do very well initially in terms of views, but I remember coming back a few months later and seeing it had like tens of thousands of views. And I thought, oh, okay. Maybe, you know, maybe this YouTube could be a thing. So then I just started reviewing games and obviously, you know, focusing on the Vita. Um, and then, so over time, it's, you know, I think my channel just grew and, you know, there aren't many people who focus on the Vita or review Vita games. So mm -hmm. it kind of grew from, uh, in terms of the audience of, uh, of fans of the device. Um, and then it was one of these times I was reading uh, one of Jeremy Parrish's books about the Game Boy. And it just got me thinking that, you know, no one is going to do this for the Vita. You know, the, it's, it seemed like PlayStation, Nintendo consoles generally have so much kind of love and nostalgia that they have so many books written about every single one of them. Um, mm -hmm. But for the Vita, it, it just felt like no one was going to do it. So I thought, I'm going to do it. <laughs> so um, I thought, let me just do it. Let me give this a go. And uh, yeah, so the first book, uh, PS Vita Year One, was I think it was probably 2017, maybe. Um, and, you know, put that on Kickstarter, it was funded really quickly. I think, um, you know, I think I had a good audience of people who, you know, wanted to support mm -hmm. it. And so it kind of went from there. And so this latest book was, um, it's, so, so I've done three books basically about the Vita, smaller ones. And this is kind of, I was uh, requested by a lot of people to make a hardback kind of compilation of them, which is what this is, plus mm -hmm. the new material, kind of bringing it up to date, bringing it up to kind of the, 10 years of the Vita mm -hmm. with everything that sort of happened in those 10 years, all the key events. Liberate it, yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of, what I want is this to be like kind of the definitive book about the Vita, it's kind of the I history think, of it, talking about the key games that kind of define the system. Uh, and that's hopefully what people will agree, that's what it is. 
think you're more you care more about it than Sony did by the end. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> they 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 were just stabbing us in the heart. You know what I, I mean? Know, at I least know. someone at no at least someone at Naughty Dog was like, you know what? Let's put it in the Last of Us too. And I remember <laughs> yeah. when that first happened, and the internet went crazy for it. They were like, oh yeah. my god! I was like, where were you when we needed you? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's amazing. You know, mm. um, and I remember a lot of people talking about um, PlayStation TV and they were just like, yeah, this was the feature. And internally, when obviously in the industry, we were thinking that, yeah, Sony just thought, let's take the HDMI out. We can sell another peripheral and make more money on there, you know, which was a shame. But it was still one of those really cool ideas. And like you said, the Vita was doing a lot of things way ahead of its time that it should have been, you know, that it shouldn't have been doing, you know, yeah, but it yeah. was like, it was, it was great. The technology was amazing. Especially that price point as well. Yeah, you know, definitely. Oh, mate, we're not talking about price because what the price sounded amazing, and then the memory card slide came, and then it was like, actually, <laughs> let's take that well. back, let's roll it back, let's roll yeah. it back. Um, yeah. so how did the um the book, the first book, come together? What was the stages for you to starting and completing the book? So it it kind of it came at a good time in my uh, my life in terms of work because I was getting made redundant. And so um, I had my job for another, like, say, I think about three to six months, but there was hardly any work to do. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I was kind of just working on the book when I, you know, when I was at work doing nothing, um, which was perfect. And so, you know, what I wanted it to be is kind of the, the history of the Vita. So that first book was really kind of the up to the, you know, uh, the launch and then the first year of the device. Um, mm. And then, yeah, retrospectives on big games and then interviews with some of the directors of those first party games as well that, that came out for the Vita. And so it just kind of went really well in terms of just, just being that kind of look at the history of the Vita in that first year, which was such a kind of important period for the system where it, it really, you know, there was so much promise to it. Like you guys said, there's so many features. It's, you know, it was so, it's so capable as a device, but it just, it seemed like so many things just went wrong along the way and so many decisions Sony made just kind of let it down in the end. Mm -hmm. 100%. I think it launched when it was the Sony we didn't like or appreciate. I think it's Sony that took its consumers for granted, you know, that PS3 era, uh, you know. I think, I, think they, I think I'd probably disagree a little bit with that. I think they were getting better at that time because they were, they were going towards that whole PlayStation loves indie stage. Mm -hmm. They were a bit more... Um, a bit more humble, I'd say, but I think that I, I think they kind of just um, they threw it out there without giving it much of a chance and said, okay, after almost after like a month, okay, this hasn't sold a billion, you know, units. We're just going to give up on it, and just so quickly they kind of mm -hmm. left it alone and let it die. I think they obviously they had the PS4 coming soon after, really soon after, so that didn't help. Yeah. So mm -hmm, they yeah. kind of just left it. It seemed like it was like was it um, a year? it was yeah, like a year yeah, and a yeah, half or something like, yeah it was like november yeah. 2013 yeah. you know like a lot yeah. of these premiership teams isn't it yeah, yeah. managers changing <laughs> coming in for really a season. Yeah. so what i want to know what the feeling was like when you you wrote the final word when you finished it and you took that <laughs> breath you stood back and you were like i'm done I, I think i finished you know what was that moment so i think it's i think it's partly relief and a little bit of fear as well, because you just hope that everyone will will like it as well. Mm. Um, I, and so I, when when I did kind of write that sort of final word, I obviously sent it to my my editor, who kind of came back with any corrections. But um, 
after that, I didn't I didn't look at it again. So I didn't look at the book again because I just kind of couldn't. It's like I don't want to see anything just in case I change yeah, yeah. it or you know regret something. So I just yeah. left it alone. But I've, I've been quite pleased at least because when I've gone back to to read some of it, like you know, because actually it's, uh, it's been a great resource for looking at you know researching games and just like mm-hmm. going back and looking at the history. And I thought, okay, yeah, I did a did a pretty good job here. So I've been yeah. quite pleased with myself from that perspective. And uh, how many how many games did you play during the um well while you're what, what inspired you to write the book I mean did you actually play games while you were writing the book as well yeah. I mean and how many did you how many did you play roughly um all uh, of them probably, <laughs> <laughs> I mean I tried to focus on the biggest games on the Vita so you mm-hmm. know things like Gravity Rush Uncharted yeah. um and so you know even though I'd played all those games before I kind of replayed them because I had to remind myself mm-hmm. what it was like to play them to write the, write about them yeah. um probably probably 60 70 games or something wow um, okay nice. kind of make sure that i knew what i was talking about at least yeah mm-hmm. definitely and uh, i think people are unaware man i think on all playstation i remember reading it that of all playstation consoles in history the vita has the highest attach rate you know in terms of yeah. software it's insane like the amount of people and they're still buying them and you know in um east asia or anyone you know do hard copies of games sold out instantly sold out yeah. gone see you later and it's just amazing to think that it took until the end where it became a meme in itself that people the pricing on these games are so expensive now if you try and find a hard yeah. copy of it which is um a shame because I thought if people were supporting it, I, th- I always believe that if the Vita came out post PS4, mm. you know, it would have been would different. Have yeah, yeah, it would have yeah, been different but, because yeah. I think the launch of the PlayStation 4 from a Sony perspective as well, um, saw that real indie explosion that you mentioned before. Mm. You know, they really focused on it towards the end of PS3 and at the beginning of PS4. But in those first yeah. two years of PS4, it was just indies everywhere. And you can imagine, yeah. you know, like what you get with the Nintendo Switch now, like every indie that comes to the network or Xbox is on Switch as well. You know what I mean? And if that yeah. was getting it, it could have been a different story, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, 60 to 70 games. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's, that's a killer. Man, did it, no one at work clock that you were playing a PlayStation Vita? <laughs> well, you know, it was it was lucky actually because, like I said, being made redundant, um, no one was there. The whole uh, I, they uh, kept me um, because they needed me to do a little bit of extra work, but they let go of the whole team. So I was in this whole big area on my own most of the time. Wow. So it was it was brilliant. <laughs> it, was, it was really good. Just getting paid kind of to come in and sit down and not do a lot. Just do what I want to do. So That's the ideal uh, job, right? Yeah. There you go, man. We've got um quite a few listener questions, which Alex will go through all of them um with yeah. you a bit, but I've got two more just in regards to the book itself. So what was what's what's what are you most proud of about the book? What what gives you the biggest sense of pride, like in, in mm. regards to all of the books that you've done? I think I mean, I think firstly, just having written it, just being able to contribute to kind of the Vita's story in that way mm-hmm. being able to kind of put that down on paper where it's you know where it's kind of where people can read it and it'll live on almost beyond kind of the playtime of the console but I think also the interviews with some of the developers it was great actually just talking to some of these guys and hearing about the stories of how they made their games and you know there were so many things I learned about the Vita itself that 
the background stuff that Sony was working on or what these guys did to kind of uh, bring those games to life or, you know, to work with the system. It was just really fascinating just being able to, to learn that as well. And then, you know, obviously bringing that into the book so people can, other people can kind of read it and learn that too. Nice, nice. And the future, I mean, people want to know, you've got your subscribers on YouTube, you've got your Kickstarter uh, backers who are really passionate about the projects you do, they want to know as well. You know, we've had so many people when I, I put it on social media um, that we're doing this. And I said, um, you can either DM your questions to us or you can drop an email, Twitter, my phone just went ding, 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 ding. And every other question is, what's next what's next what's next what's next what's what's the next project is it going to be a playstation console one what what's next yeah, yeah. so i mean have you thought about that i mean obviously you've got as you says your next project in the works which is a culmination of all your previous works as well with new yeah. material um can't wait to read that by the way what is next have you thought about that are you thinking about another project yeah so i i was kind of um bouncing between whether it's got to be playstation but it's it's good um i was bouncing between psp or ps4 for a while thinking it'd be cool to do you know cover one of those i you know love you know psp love the ps4 but actually more recently i've been thinking it'll be ps3 um that's a good one i was gonna ask it it's it's just such a it's a more fun a more interesting story than the other two you know the ps4 was just it, it's brilliant console and it just kind of did well, constantly did well the whole, its whole life, you know, and, but the PS3 had so many bumps in the road, you know, and so many things that went wrong, but then you had Sony at the end just coming out and being kind of the good guys, as opposed to starting off that really arrogant stage in the, you know, in the, in Sony's life in mm. PlayStation. Um, so I think PS3 is what, uh, what I'm going to do next. And so I've actually been, um, buying loads of the games kind of those kind of key games again um really cheap now which is great so you know like uncharted trilogy resistance trilogy dead space call of duty just grabbing all the old games so that i've got them ready in case uh, case i'm doing that yeah but dude you got to understand you played 60 or 70 games on the vita um (laughs) it's going to take much longer on ps3 just for the loading and the installing and everything of all Mm. these games you know what i mean um true but yeah, the, I think the PS3 is such a because you obviously I thought PSP that would be kind of cool more so than PS4. And then you mentioned PS3, and I was like, even in the bedroom to billions documentary, the mm. like the time given to PS1 and 2 is substantial, but PS3 is like 15 minutes, 20 minutes, yeah, and then they move on to PlayStation 4. So it'd be really interesting to see where you know, in a company's history where it comes to its home console, yeah. home run after home run every time, you know. <clears throat> the only manufacturer to do it uh to mm. get home runs on every home console right <laughs> uh, anyway, but the one we'll the see. one the one that initially <laughs> missed was ps3 so it'd be really intriguing to see what you find out um and obviously um i definitely would pick ps3 over everything else on that one but alex yeah as i mentioned questions. before we got uh some question and questions from the listeners um obviously unfortunately some of them didn't put their names or anything down on there so if you hear your question feel free to uh you know (laughs) um say thank you very much you got my question on the show and we thank you as well for submitting these and if your question is not on the show we really really apologize but we definitely will get sandeep back uh when his next project is in the works um and when his book is out as well so alex will fire away 
Oh, yeah, and give us a like either way, whether you hear your question or not. And the first question you have uh, is, uh, Sunny, what is your favorite Vita game? Sure. So um, <clears throat> I uh, I think I, I still say it's Ease 8 on the Vita. So I'm not sure if you guys... Ease 8. Oh, wow. Okay. Interesting yeah, yeah. choice. Interesting. Really, um, really just plays so well. Great graphics, mm -hmm. really good story. Um, and, you know, it's just one of these games where, you know... When you're playing a game and sometimes the controls just feel perfect you know yeah. it's just like the running jumping dodging everything just feels right that's what this game is to me it's just like mm -hmm. the action is just brilliant yeah. um but then yeah great story great soundtrack and uh and uh graphics as well it just it's kind of the whole package for me when it comes to what a triple a kind of vita game should be yeah and the graphics did actually pop off that screen didn't they with the uh, the yeah. oled yeah nice uh, all right so from your favorite game to your biggest disappointment about the vita um so what you say? why are you asking him with a smile on your face for <laughs> you know why i'm asking <laughs> i can name 10 but actually anyway. actually uh, sandy before you answer that uh, alex what was your favorite vita game uh my favorite vita game um I probably have to put it up there with Ease 8, actually. Ease 8 was pretty good, man. It's like that That's game cool. reminded me of, um, well, what turned out to be one of the greatest games of all time, which is, you know, uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild. And it had like similar, <laughs> similar graphical styles. Uh, but yeah, I think it's it was definitely up there. It was definitely a pinnacle. How about you? Uh, I think for me, it's a mix of a few. Obviously, I'm, I'm always going to be biased just to have Metal Gear HD collection oh, in my hands, you know, and being able mm. to um attempt the platinum and it also messed up with the dog tags on that one as well so i wasn't happy but just having metal gear in my hands and being able to go to the bathroom with it and an hour later i'm still in the bathroom because <laughs> i'm playing metal gear yeah. um an outside one was a launch title which was virtual tennis it just played oh, so yeah. well on the vita like it, it played crazy. like the say the, the sega arcade cabinet you know it was perfect i was like what a game yeah, and then for the game itself though i mean that played on anything console any console it was released on it, it was amazing but it worked yeah. it, it just looked beautiful on that yeah. oled screen as well and then uh sandy did you ever play silent hill book of memories i started it it's it wasn't what i expected so i, yeah, I didn't play yeah, yeah. much of it to be it honest it was that asymmetric sort of top-down yeah, view game yeah. but i played it and yeah, the gameplay was in there, but the, the, the story got so, like, dark. And okay. the fact that I'm playing it on a handheld, it got to the point where I'd play it under the blanket, like, pitch black, <laughs> and I'd be sitting there playing it, brief air gaps, and then back in to play the game, you know? So those three are definitely shout-outs for me Ooh, okay. um, for the Vita. But if, 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 if you haven't, I'd say play all the way through. The story right. is disturbing. Like, it is one of the better stories for a Silent Hill game. Okay, all right. I'll go back to it. I'll check it out. Cool. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, from from the highs back to the lows. Come on, tell us about those disappointments. Um, what what really groped you about the Vita? You know, just just give know, us one. Not as many, but you know, just, just yeah. The that's one. the thing. I, I could probably name quite a few. <laughs> I think. I, I think. Um, I think actually, yeah. The probably the biggest disappointment is they didn't put sixteen gigs at least of storage on it from day one. Mm -hmm. You know, the PSP Go had storage. They should have just done it for the Vita. If they're going to charge you know, $80 or whatever for a memory card, they should at least give some storage to it on the device. Yeah. I think that was just such a huge mistake. It just gave such a negative perception to it. Um, I think that was something they should have just done. They, they should have just, you know, if they could have taken out the cameras because they weren't that useful, the back touch ended up not being that useful. They needed to have, needed to 
have had some storage there to make up for the fact the memory card cost. I don't, I don't begrudge them wanting proprietary memory card. It at least stopped the Vita being hacked for three years, but yeah. they should have given some storage on it to begin they with. They should have. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that's a, a massive lesson that Nintendo learned oh, yeah. uh, with, with the uh, Switch. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, nice. And I think for myself, uh, it was obviously the loss of HDMI out yeah. on there. That would have been such a unique feature and the first one to do it as well, you know. Um, and it would have just been revolutionary in the industry. And I think it would have, that was a big thing. Memory is everybody's number one, I think, when it yeah. comes to a Vita yeah. disappointment. <laughs> but I think from a software standpoint, for me, two games that were in talks obviously we knew about it and they were even in development at some stage but they never came there was a, a pure teching game that was in development that never saw the light of day and pez obviously a big football fan myself and that screen with a handheld tekken you know just an improvement of dark resurrection yeah. on vita would have been stunning on an oled so hearing about it thinking i don't care if no game comes out i just want these these games and then they didn't come out in the end and i was like oh my god what's happening but yeah, memory was a big thing. I remember uh, we went to uh, Miami, we went to WrestleMania 28, and I didn't buy any merchandise because I just bought a Vita. Uh, they did the bigger memory cards in the States than what we could oh, get yeah, in the yeah, UK. Yeah. So I spent over 100 bucks on a memory card. You know, everyone's yeah. buying title belts and T-shirts. I'm buying a little memory card for my Vita. I was like, this is what I need. This is what I want, you know. But definitely a big disappointment, yeah. without a shadow of a doubt. On, on the um, HDMI, so I don't know if you guys have hacked your Vita, but... You can actually um, um, uh, take the screen and put it onto a TV or a monitor through the through the normal Vita plug socket. Um, That's crazy, and nice. it's 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 really disappointing because when you see the stuff that uh, the modding community has done to the Vita, you know. how yeah. it can use the SD cards, how yeah you can you can stream to a TV. It's just so disappointing that guys in their bedroom can do these things that Sony decided not to do. Because Sony could have done that, you know, you could have just they could have had a cable and then made it stream to to a TV, like yeah. you said, and it would have been perfect. It would have just been like the Switch before the Switch, but they, you know, want to go with the Vita TV instead. Oh my god! Yeah, but I think that would have also cannibalized their market. It? I mean, they're like you said, they're the, yeah. the the kings or wannabe kings of the home console market. So, yeah. um, you know, so I guess yeah, they Sandy left listen it to, to Nintendo. He, he's trying to put they left it in to there. Nintendo. Yeah, he's trying to put dig in there. You know what I mean? It's only yeah, you a second well machine. The, you know, it's only a second machine. To hey, hit yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot more so... second machines out there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, you know, for me, on the hard, on the hardware side of things, uh, the Vita, if I know it was like a design choice, obviously because of the form factor, but the fact that it didn't actually have an L2 and R2, yeah. you know, I mean, that would have been, if they, I mean, you've seen the the 8-bit Doe controllers now and they've managed to put L2 or, you know, just yeah, yeah. next to it really and adjacent. If they had come up with that, I think that would have, you know, definitely yeah. helped in terms of the gameplay. I mean, the touchpad at the back was nice, you know, a nice feature, but it wasn't ideal, especially because, you know, like I said, the dual sense or the dual shock, I mean, that's just such a comfortable pad, a comfortable feel. Yeah. And, um, the PSP, I don't know, you kind of had to just learn some new muscle memory, you know, just to play uh, it. But, hand know, would it was... hurt after you went through a session. Yeah, I don't geez, know how bro. you did it, Sandy. Yeah. Six, seven hours. You must be like, I'm fine. I'm fine. It's okay. <laughs> Insane. Yeah, no, yeah, I yeah. For remote play, especially, it's just such a, it's, it's again, you're right, another silly decision where they should have mm. just had the R2L2. And then it could have really been the proper remote play device instead of mm -hmm. a silly back touch where you're accidentally shooting when you don't want to or whatever in a game. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I was thinking on that. So if there was one thing that, or one other thing that you could have changed about the Vita, what would it have been? Um, you know, I, I would have, I think it wouldn't have been just one thing. I think I would have just taken out all the, those kind of um, superfluous features that, you know, the, mm -hmm. the non, the features that gamers didn't need, like the camera, like the back touch, um, you know, touchscreen, we, I think is, is proved to be important, but, you know, I think they tried, they made it so that you can play video and music and, but, you know, by that time you didn't need those features because yeah. you had your phones. Oh, I think, yeah. I think really Nintendo learned from Sony's mistakes and just made a system for gaming. And I think that's what Sony should have done. Just mm -hmm. said the beta, you know, it's got all the buttons you need for gaming. You know, you, the camera's unnecessary. It's, it, it was not used after the first few months of games. The same mm -hmm. with the back touch. It's like, they should have just focused on what the gamers would need rather than trying to cram it full of random features. Yeah, I think you're right. They were, they were shooting for the moon, weren't they? They were. And, uh, they really well, I guess at that point, I mean, that's what we wanted to see. I mean, it's almost like it had to happen this way. You know, they yeah. had to come out and that well, they didn't fail. I mean, it was semi-successful, but um, yeah. And like we say, you know, I mean, Nintendo's yeah. reaping the, uh, the rewards from that. Now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think Switch, I mean, the brilliant form back to what they've got. There. I think as well with the Vita, it wouldn't have been all Sony, the feedback they would have got during PSP. Because obviously when the planning stages started for Vita, um, they would have gone to developers and asked, what do yeah. you want? What do you want? And they all would have said the same thing. Power, mm. power. We want power. We want memory. Yeah, yeah. We want power. We want to be able to do this and that on a handheld. We want to be able to create a game and easily port it over. That was the big thing. It was all about, yeah, yeah. you can port your game down to Vita and play it and things like that. And Anywhere, yeah. I think, yeah. I mean, Sandeep said it best, just make it for games. Just focus mm. on nothing but games, games, games. And they, they did, but with the PS4, you know, <laughs> you know they switched. <laughs> and I think what they were going to use for Vita, they were like, no, 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 no. We'll use it for the home console. We'll use it for PS4, right? Yeah. And yeah. it was it, it was just a shame because the IP are there, the developers were there, the, the yeah. indie explosion was going to rehappen again, you know, from the early 360 days. It went down a bit and then it exploded towards the end and into PS4 and Xbox One. So mm. I think if the Vita just focused on games like yeah i mean it didn't need the camera why you know yeah. it was a novelty it didn't need the touch panel at the back it was a novelty yeah. you know it definitely needed the oled you know the, the stick yeah. was fine it had two sticks it's like they listened where can we cut off a few dollars where can we save some money oh we don't need to get plastic buttons on the back let's do this let's, you know you could see that yeah. and then it yeah. was just a shame because the promise in theory, it's the handheld of handhelds. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, like, it's yeah. unbelievable. At that time, it's Premium. the handheld of handhelds. Yeah. 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 And uh, Sandeep said it earlier. It was just bad decisions at mm, Sony yeah. that changed the the future for Vita, which is such a shame. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess the looming threat of uh, the Nintendo, you know, alliance is just... <laughs> Well, it was one. It was it was one of them where you think as well. The, it was. So they're open. killing it, right? And they come out with this like subpar system. You know what I mean? It doesn't cost half as much. Well, to no, make but it, this is the weird thing. Shifted them out. You have to remember out. that Sony achieved the goal. They was that the PSP was easily owning the the original Nintendo DS. Even when two things happened in the DS's lifeline that really changed it. Number one was Nintendogs and the different colors that came up, but it was really yeah. the DS Lite and Animal Crossing. Yeah. You know, when that bundle hit, 
it just went crazy because the Nintendo DS went from this ugly looking toy to this sleek. Again, it was Nintendo. It was like it got PSP'd, didn't it? It was sleek. It was beautiful. It was in different colors. And I just remember just everywhere I looked, there's a pink DS light in um, a young girl's hand. There's a black one or a white one in a a young boy's hand. And they're playing Mario Kart. They're playing Animal Crossing. And it's just all about software, wasn't it? You know what I mean? Get the form factor right. Get the software right. Whereas Sony... Sony went for the traditional market, you know what I mean? Mm, the mature yeah. well, male uh, audience, you know, Nintendo port, hang on, let's just go left, you know, and they just opened up the market to the point where, I mean, it's, it's you know, we were hearing, seeing echoes of it or hearing echoes of it today. Um, and I guess when they went on to release the Wii, they expanded the market again, you know, expanded it to family members now. I mean, now you had like moms, grandmas, uncles, aunts, like everybody playing, you know, consoles, which was never a thing back then. Yeah. But um, I guess it's just time, isn't it? time but i mean um, nintendo have been good at that so like even the 3ds we've got three in this house because i bought the 2ds for my kids mm-hmm. um, they've got one each and so they are good at making systems that appeal to kids and mm-hmm. i think the switch has done a good job of being kind of both you know mm-hmm. doing the kids side but also you know appealing for gamers as well yeah which i think yeah. sony probably could have learned from that as well with uh, with the vita well, that's what makes his next. It's happy yeah, you said that because so. the next question yeah. is amazing. Let's nice hear it. Roller. Speaking <laughs> of lessons, uh, if uh, Sony was to make a new handheld, uh, what would you want to see? You know, I'd want it to be same form factor of the Vita, but I think like we were just talking about, more power, mm. take out all the random features that are unnecessary, mm-hmm. and you know, just just make it because the Vita that feels great to hold. You know, you can hold that and play that much. In my opinion, it feels much more comfortable than the Switch, um, but and it's more pop- and it's portable. Like yeah. I can actually put it in my pocket, you know. So that yeah, yeah. for me is a big thing. Where the Switch just feels too big to. It is a bit big, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's like you know when I was on the going on the train to work and everything, I'd still be taking my Vita because I can just put it in my blazer pocket. With my Switch, I have to like put it into a bag or take a laptop bag with me. So um, yeah, I'd want to ex- look look and feel exactly the same. Just more power. And uh, yeah, no random features. <laughs> Just put the yeah. put some memory card memory on it, and put uh, put R two L two, and we're good. Yeah, it's good to go. Yeah, and especially with the you know, the host of IPs that they have. I mean, with, yeah. which are on the Vita originally. I mean, people want to see that. I mean, you can see with the success of the Switch, yeah. people just want that secondary console. And yeah. I mean, they're they're compensating for the fact that it's Nintendo, and they've got their own limits in terms of what they will produce and publish. But that on this, you know, on a Sony platform would just be right now would be yeah. immense. You know, we've got uh, consoles now popping out this year, haven't we? We've got with uh, the Steam Deck, you know, and yeah. I guess that's kind of going into the realm of where Sony would have been going. I think, I think that's what, that's the answer to Sandeep's question. That's what we want, mm. you know what I mean? We just want a machine that's focusing <laughs> yeah, on what's good Steam at, Deck. games, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? And with cloud technology as well, you know, where it is, it'd yeah. be amazing, you know, and everybody keeps teasing Sony and they ask the question to Sony and Jim Ryan gets yeah. it a lot. Any plans for a new handheld? And they'll always ask it in a cheeky way. I'll just let someone sit down and say, I mean, obviously all the eggs are in the VR basket at the moment, you know what I mean? As yeah. well as PS5 and things like that. But we can always hope, right? You know, they've got to look at it. <laughs> but we I won't think... need it. You know, if Steam Deck yeah. is as open as people say, and Sony do have a new streaming platform, it will be on Steam Deck. You'll be able to access it if you crack it, you know. And yeah. Valve are actually saying, yeah, you can put whatever you want on there. You know, we're not really yeah. bothered what you do. We just want you to buy the hardware. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know that's it so you may get your wish 
You I mean, get it. But the we form never factor, know. like you said, the form factor is not there, though. That's the thing. It's like yeah. it's everything you need, but you can't put it into your blazer pocket. It's just yeah. a game gear on steads. That's what the it Steam is Deck is, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think that is kind of the, the future, really, for Sony. Like, you know, the streaming. I think, you know, mm. Game Pass has been a real eye-opener on my phone. Um, so, you know, I've got the, the Backbone 1 controller. I'm not sure if you guys have seen it, but like... Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's awesome. It really is awesome. It feels great. Mm. And then... Mm playing every game on Game Pass on my phone now, it, that I think will be the future. Hopefully if, if Sony bring, you know, Spartacus as a streaming service onto mobiles, that's, that's it, I'm there. Yeah. You know, that's, you almost don't need kind of uh, consoles if they can do this kind of match Game Pass almost. That's a very good point. That's a very good point. You know, and they can actually just save on a lot of the hardware space as well, can't they? And just get yeah. a bit more flexible with it. I mean, I guess we're pushing towards that 5G generation, you know, I yeah. mean, the next, what, two, maybe five years, it'd be a bit more, you know, frequent. Um, yeah, I could definitely see them taking advantage of that. You know, it makes sense. Um, so sorry, I'll, yeah, so you want to go we'll, to this one? I'll switch, because the last question you've already answered, which was PS3, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, about which yeah. uh, book you'd be interested in. So I've got a question for you then, yeah. and it's a tricky one for you. Are you ready? Okay, all right. Greatest handheld game of all time. Greatest handheld game. Um, Same to you, Alex. Already given it. No, 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 no. Then that's not <laughs> any handheld game. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. What is it for like you? Friend, you already did it. Breath of the Wild walked so Genshin Impact could run. But no, <laughs> I love um, that. I love that. <laughs> it's a tough question. You know, I think. I think. Um, Maybe not greatest, but for me, kind of most memorable and kind of almost most beloved, maybe, is Metal Gear Solid Portable Ops. Yes. Um, God, that game was so good on the PSP. And mm. I, I remember, so it was, uh, it was again, I, you know, I import way too many things. I imported it from the US because they got it six months earlier. It was unbelievable. It came, it came kind of around Christmas time. And it was one of those Christmases where uh, me and my family would all get together normally. And, but all my cousins had got married. And so it was literally like me, my brother, and then like my uncles and aunties and grandparents. And it was like, this is the probably most boring Christmas. And, but I had my PSP and Metal Gear Portable Ops and I was just playing it like for a good six, seven hours, just charging it constantly, my PSP, then playing it and charging it. And just, it's just <laughs> such an awesome game. I remember just finishing it like, six or seven times just to try and get all the characters mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. great game and it really just showed the psp was was a kind of a proper like it, it could run like console games on the go which is what i'd always yeah. wanted from a portable device mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think for me for me personally um i play tekken dark resurrection uh, i'm a big tekken fan and it was better than what we were getting on console it was faster than what we were getting yeah, on console. it yeah, was basically yeah. You get a Tekken game and then there's an update in the arcades in Japan for what Tekken is. That was what was on the PSP. And we were just playing this yeah. sublime <laughs> fighting game yeah, yeah. on a handheld. And it yeah. fit perfect to the speed of the thumbs and the full yeah. factor of the PSP. It yeah. was yeah, yeah, funny. I remember uh, downloading like other player, player ghosts. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. just, you know, having more ghosts to play against when you're offline yeah. and everything. Mm-hmm. But that, that game was amazing. It really was. It was better than Tekken 6 ended up being on PSP. Oh, 100%. Dark Resurrection, yeah. somehow yeah. the better game. It was better. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and I think that was before they changed the engine now, haven't they? They've, um, they've gone to Unreal. And I think it's, I mean, it's better, but at the same time, I kind of like the old engine, the original <laughs> engine. 
But um, mm. for me, uh, I mean, obviously I've mentioned uh, Breath of the Wild. I mean, I think that game was just awesome. You know, I mean, that's probably one of the biggest games, you know, that I've ever seen on a on a handheld. Um, but yeah, I mean, echoing what you said there, Sandeep, um, yeah, Metal Gear Solid, uh, well, Snake Eater. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I, mean? I mean, I played that on the, uh, the 3DS and that was one of the most amazing experiences that I've ever had, you know, in terms okay, cool. of having a game like that especially on a 3ds and like that shouldn't have been able to run it at all <laughs> but uh, but it did you know and um yeah that just it's just you know when you just you just have that aha moment that it is possible to actually just uh, utilize current technology and just go deeper with it you know and i guess nintendo has shown that you know countless times and now um now we see it with the playstation 5 where i mean yeah it's the the latest tech but what they're doing with it in terms of their compression technology you know just yeah. what we've dying light too you know it's just it's just another uh, another aha moment just seeing how the wonders of tech can actually just be continued to be developed upon so um yeah well that's my answer for that before i rant on to something else no no no. it happens all the time when we talk (laughs) games we never end on the same question what we've done but sandy thank you very much for joining us uh we definitely want to get you back on um so we'll keep in contact and uh i think we'll do an episode where it's just dedicated to listener questions it'll be really interesting to see what the listeners have and get your answers on that one as well um but before we go uh if you want to just quickly um give a shout out to your social media handles so all the listeners know where to find you and how to get in contact with you and obviously your kickstarter page as well so um, if you just search on YouTube, Too Old for Gaming with the numbers two and four, um, you'll find, find me there and pretty much everywhere. So, so that's, the, <laughs> that's the one, Too Old for Gaming. Excellent. And, you're uh, never too old. I love the title. I love it. <laughs> and if, if, you, if people want to back you on Kickstarter for this project or any future projects, how can they find you? So it's already, this Kickstarter is finished, but um, I'm going to be opening it up, uh, the book up for sale on, uh, on my Etsy store probably in about a month or so once the book is completely finished and you know I'm done with all the work to it mm-hmm. um so but uh, yeah if you find me on twitter too old for gaming then you'll be able to find links to all my other stuff as well and listeners obviously uh, when the book launches we'll be advertising it like crazy on our social channels as well so people know where to go to get a hold of what we now call the vita bible you know what I mean because that's what it's going to be um but alex obviously another show in the bag this week there's been so many uh any final comments from you for this episode yeah i'm just amazed you know uh at what you've achieved and i mean this is nice you know it's actually nice seeing that you know someone actually dedicating time and resources to make something that is so beneficial towards the i guess the gaming culture you know and i just hope that it's celebrated as such so uh, yeah definitely we'll be uh promoting it wherever we can so uh definitely when um yeah we'll be having a nice read of it as well Mm, and uh, Sandeep's going to have the absolute final word. So I just want to say, where were you when we needed you when mm. it comes to the PlayStation Vita, right? But uh, Sandeep, <laughs> we're going to leave you with the final word. What is the final thing that the listeners are going to hear on this episode? Oh, geez, this, is, this feels pressure. Now. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting this. If you, look, if you haven't tried it yet, if you haven't got one, grab a Vita. They're pretty, they're not too expensive to find a secondhand one. It's an awesome device. You know, and um, since Alex can't say anything now, it's the final word. It's better than the Switch. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, everyone, for listening. And thank you, Sandy, for joining us. Yeah. Great. Thanks, guys. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye.